Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Zach Bartles. Zach, what's going on, man? Dude, just did the third funeral in a week and a half, so oh, super great. That is rough, man. That is rough. No one wants to get married, you- but everyone wants to die, apparently. I really wish that uh, these things would balance out and God would like give them to me. If- I-, I even feel like... It would be best for everybody if God would uh, cause them to happen with a, I don't know, some time in between so I could focus on one grieving family at a time and put my all into it. But right. that is not how he works. So, <laughs> No, no. Let me ask you something, Zach. What do you do um, as a pastor to, to help yourself um, kind of work through this? And, uh, I mean, it's it's got to it's gotta be emotionally... Uh, you know, it's emotionally emotionally draining on the family dealing with one, but you're you're having to deal with and comfort you know multiple families at a time. How do you um, get through that, dude? I I'm able to in most cases I'm able to kind of wall it off pretty well and say um, you know when I get home I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not gonna bring all that into my family and dynamic and and my, you know make my kid feel like this cloud you know over the house when I come in. But yeah. I've been there 14 years now, and people that I did not think about having to bury are getting old and dying. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a bear. It is absolutely the, the hardest part of the job. I know pastors who either jokingly or sort of seriously have told me they'd rather do funerals than weddings. And I'm like, what is the matter with you? Like, yeah. I mean, I crush funerals. I literally... That's um, that's the thing I'm best at in my li- in my yeah. life is doing funerals, and what sucks is because it's because I've done you know 160 of them or something, uh, so yeah. it, it's not it's not my favorite thing to do, but uh, you know it's it's an important ministry, and a lot of times you get people who they they maybe think about things eternal five times in a decade, if that. And one of those times is going to be when I get to talk to them. They're thinking about yeah. what happens when you die. They're thinking about immortality or mortality, their own mortality. And it's important ministry. Uh, honestly, I have little rituals I do um, to kind of get myself in the right headspace and kind of entry, you know, like, like kind of uh, on-ramps and off-ramps to these things. Uh, in, yep. in my service manual, there's a prayer uh, prayer for ministering to the dying, uh, that, that's Luther's prayer, and uh, another prayer for uh, ministering to the grieving, and I, I pray those before I do that kind of ministry, and afterward, I thank God for speaking through me, and I ask him to help me continue to to be there for them, and then I leave it there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I'd rather, I've never had a bridezilla, but I'd rather have three than, than have someone, uh, you know, especially this last guy was 45 years old, the guy that we've just buried this oh. afternoon. That's oh, too man. young to die. Yeah, yeah. Did he have a family? I mean, he, he had a wife. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but I mean, everyone has a family, unless, I guess, right. not everyone right. has a family. Some people are orphans and they, and they don't have any right. siblings left and their, their families have gone on before them, but. Yeah, right. he had. It was a big. It was a big funeral. Big family funeral. Yeah. Oh man, sorry so, to hear that. Let me bring, let me just come right in with all the lightheartedness and. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about cartoons. Then let's switch back to like the darkest stuff. I think I think a we can make coaster. a better. Tr- 
I think we can make a better transition than that, man. I mean, right. you've got a, you've got a Kickstarter thing Ooh, going on, right? Yeah, yeah. I am kickstarting. Um, yeah, I've got uh, my books on. I almost just said books on tape. I keep doing it. <laughs> if you want them on tape, I'll, I'll oblige you. But I've got audio books. Uh, I've finally gotten the rights back to uh, my traditionally published uh, suspense novels. Um, and that's really nice of uh, HarperCollins, Thomas Nelson, to do that for me. Uh, and mm-hmm. so these things are coming out uh, soon. I'm, I'm going to do all of my books. Um, the Last Con... Uh, playing Saint, All Souls Day. Clinch is already done, but I'm going to take out all the podcast stuff and tighten it up. Um, the the uh, thing it's called God Rest Ye Motor City. It's a collection yep. of uh, stories from from those other books. Uh, all of these are going to be um, available. And my Kickstarter, if you just go to ZacharyBartles.com/audio, it'll send you there. And honestly, dude, not many people have kickstarted it. Uh, it's a low number of backers, but it is way more than fully kickstarted because a couple people have gone in there at the highest level or beyond. Uh, nice. One of our listeners, Zach Burnham, he and his wife uh, originally put a dollar, and I said, "Well, hey, thanks for the dollar." And they're like, "Hey, we own two houses right now. We're moving." And I said, "Yes, it's fine. I was just kidding." And then I saw today they went in at the uh, I call the benefactor level where, they, where I thank them, and I might even name them like executive producer or something, uh, and and uh, and funded it, you know, for the whole thing. Uh, and nice. then anyone who listens to Gut Check podcast knows about Weebus, Chuck Weebus. Yes, yes. So this guy comes in. I was just shooting for three hundred and fifty bucks because I wanted to get a little more physical equipment uh, and to be able to do like I'm going to pay a cellist that I know to to do some, you know, like the scary. Oh back, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, and then um, just to be able to buy some sound effects and some other production music. And a few people had uh, gone in and had uh, had funded it, and then in comes Chuck Weebus, three hundred fifty bucks. He didn't even nice. make up the difference to get it to three hundred fifty. And then I saw today he added, he made it bigger, um, and I oh, think man. he did it so that he could tweet, "I upped mine, so up yours." Uh, to everybody. So God bless Chuck Weebus, but I'm fully funded, but I, I have had a lot of people tell me, you know, oh, your books sound really cool. I'm more of an audiobook guy, so, you know, let me know when they're on audiobook. Well, they're coming on audiobook now. It's the chance to get them really cheap, uh, to get a bunch of them, you know, bundled and stuff. Uh, nice. So that'll be just a couple of weeks left on it. Um, but it's going to happen because it's fully funded, and that makes me happy. That's great, man. And are you planning on doing all the audio work yourself? Yeah, I hate when I get a book on tape. <laughs> I did it again. And uh, I still <laughs> listen to actual books on tape with an actual Walkman, and I still listen to them on CD. So I'm. Oh, yeah. So and of I, course, man. I have Audible on my phone and stuff. I'm always listening to something podcast or the Bible or, um, you know, a, a novel or something. But uh, I don't like it when someone else does somebody say it's always wrong you can always yeah. i'm always like this isn't this isn't that's not the right articulation that's not the right emphasis and i can just tell and yeah. you know some people don't have a, a good voice i mean I've, i'm trained in in you know presenting things with my voice so i, I and, and i've got a lot of experience in radio when i was younger and, and podcasting a lot lately uh and i know how these things are supposed to be done uh yeah. so yeah it's definitely going to be it's gonna be me in fact a friend of mine uh who's a huge big time author um had had uh, sent out some free copies of her audiobooks to some of us to blurb and <laughs> one of them took place in Houghton which is up north northern Michigan uh and and 
my my old man went to school there, um, uh-huh. uh, Michigan Tech University. And uh, she says the whole time, the woman who it wasn't the author, it was a, a different woman that the, the publisher had hired. They, they hire these things out Went the whole book saying Houghton. Oh, it my word. It drove me crazy. <laughs> Houghton this. And, and I'm like, how, how is this word used so many times? Like we've established the setting, but, you know, Houghton, you know, municipal airport and Houghton this. And I was just like, no, right. man, read your own book. Work on that, uh, you know, on the on the diction, and work on your your performance a bit, and and do it when you're ready. But yeah, I'll be I'll be reading them myself. And and what I like about this is a, I'm not going to have to send a bunch of stuff out. Only the highest couple uh, tiers are going to get a, a signed paperback. Um, yeah. Mostly, it's just going to be you know sending emails, and I can send things out as they're done. So right. the cool thing about a, a Kickstarter is when you're like, oh, they're ready and they're sending things out and you practically forget that you've funded it, right. it'll be a bunch of those moments like, oh, another book. You know, so nice. a, after the initial one time funding the thing, you'll get a bunch of little um, little uh, presents there, little surprises. Uh, and I don't know. I, I think I think they're going to be good. And I, I've been really wanting to do the, the Parker Saint books um, and I've. You know, I've got I've got a lot of ideas of how these are going to be. I think they're going to be uh, better produced and more immersive than ninety five percent of audiobooks. Uh, what I'm planning to do with them. Nice, that's great, man. Looking forward to it. So don't forget, check out Kickstarter. Go to Zach's page, or I mean, I'm assuming if you go to uh, if you go to Kickstarter and just type in Zach Bartles, it'll pull up for you. So I assume so. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and don't be thrown that it says kickstarter.com slash Ted Cluck. That's, that's what I named my Kickstarter right. when we were doing the Ted Cluck one. And it doesn't let you re, like redo the vanity URL. So it looks like I ran Ted's Kickstarter and now he's running mine. But that's, that's not awesome. the case. <laughs> That's great. Oh man. Well, now we can talk about cartoons. I mean, now that you brought yeah, up voiceover work, go. let's, uh, let's talk I, about Yes. Some good there. job. Well done, sir. <laughs> We can do this, man. We can do this. Uh, so uh, today I saw an article that Disney had posted about going back to traditional animation. I just thought it would be fun to talk about for a few minutes because you and I were uh, – back when Dragon Prince first came out, you and I were actually lamenting the fact that people were not doing traditional animation anymore. It was all being bumped to CGI. Um, Zach, I mean, what do you think about this? Are you, are you kind of pumped to, to see that they're going to be going back to the traditional animation or could you just care less or dude, I, I'm really excited about it. I, I, I'm curious as to what traditional animation. I mean, it said hand drawn in the article you sent me. Yeah. Um, yeah. obviously these are mostly probably things, at least to some degree drawn with a light pen, you know, and, and computers are going to be involved it's oh, all going to yeah. be computer animated, but not computer generated imagery. Um, I, I love, in fact, even semi recently, uh, my favorite, uh, all my favorite Disney stuff has been traditional cell animation. I mean, the most recent one they did was Winnie the Pooh. I don't know if you saw that, but my kid yes. was real little when that came out. It was yep. a 61 minute movie. Yep. It was yep. beyond charming. It was, it was the best movie of that year. Yeah. And it was in 2011 and they announced when it came out, this is the last traditional uh, animation that's going to come out in this decade. 
um, uh, from Disney. And I was just like, wow, they're really, they've really thrown it away. Even though this one was successful and, and that one had John Cleese yes. as Owl. Yes. And, uh, it had the, the Mans and the Mons guy from Monsters Inc. Um, and the Incredibles, uh, as Eeyore. Yep. Thanks. He, he goes, there's a line, they're in a pit and he goes, we're all gonna die. <laughs> which is so funny. Uh, Zoe Deschanel does the music, which is, just about the best thing ever. Um, but you know, my, my favorite, my favorite hands down, my favorite animated movie ever. Um, it's a tie. One is Coco, which is computer generated right. and is magical in its own way. It's just a great movie. But the other one, I think edges it out a little is Lilo and Stitch. What are your yes. thoughts on Lilo and Stitch? Oh my gosh. One of my favorite Disney movies. And actually I can do the voice of Stitch. So it my I do it. Do it. Howl. <laughs> family. Family means no one that's left behind or forgotten. Or forgotten. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> th- that movie just wrecks me, and it's hilarious. Ving Rhames as Cobra Bubbles. Yes, come on, it gets no better, dude. My wife and I watched that, thinking it would be a regular, sweet little movie. Yeah, and then the moment Lilo takes the spoons, turns them into her friends, puts them in the pickle jar, deadpan goes. My friends need to be punished. It's just shaking it. I was like, oh, this is my kind of movie. I would watch that once a week, man. That oh, movie yeah. is just so... In fact, at the end, an even better line is, she's on the phone with Cobra Bubbles, and she goes, oh, good. My dog found the chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and just like, you know, it was almost... It was before they made a big deal and slapped themselves on the back a whole bunch. But for them to go into, you know, to be in Hawaii with, with you know, native uh, people... Yeah. And, and give us just a little taste of a different culture without fetishizing it. It, it was just a great, great movie. Yes. And, and then um, another one is... Uh, uh, Mulan, which yes. is just yes. spectacular. Yeah. I lo- and, and I'm not going to see the live action one. I want it should be a cartoon. I'm oh, gonna yeah. just oh, yeah. the day, the opening day of the live action one. I'm going to stay home and watch the cartoon again. Yes. Um, I mean, but, I, really, I know. You, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, was the princess and the frog um, traditional animation? I didn't see that one, but I think that one came out after, in the, like in the 2010s. So I'm I'm wrong there. The last one wasn't Winnie the Pooh. No, because uh, Winnie the Pooh was 2011. When was Princess and the Frog? 2014 or something? Or? No, I thought that one was like tw- uh, 2009 or 2010. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, dude, it's a blur. The last decade for me is just like, right. it didn't even happen. Right. <laughs> That's funny. I was just going to say, I mean, I really, I feel like um, going back, I mean, t- I enjoyed Tarzan when that came out. I liked, um, you know, going back, you said Mulan. Um, you know, of course, Aladdin and, you know, just oh, going yeah. into the classic stuff. Little Mermaid um, is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt, well, Little Mermaid's actually not one of my favorites, but. That, really? Yeah. The yeah. songs are so wonderful. So I, I did enjoy the music. I just, I wasn't a big fan of the storyline. Um, and part of that is because I actually preferred Hans Christian Andersen's uh, original storyline, man. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I when kind of funny preferred. <laughs> What's that? I when it, when that came out, when was that? 1989, 88, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was yeah. about ten, you know, and and my sister was really into it. We saw it in the theater, and I told my parents like right after that movie came out, 
uh, it was either my my birthday or Christmas. Yeah. I said I want the video, the VHS of the Little Mermaid, which obviously it wasn't out yet. Sure. And uh, the my mom found it, wrapped it, gave it to me, and it was like some like chintzy, crappy 1970s <laughs> rendition of that story where she like turns into sea foam at the yeah. end. And I watched it and I was just like, where's the, where's the songs? I don't think this is the right thing. <laughs> it was just a huge, like the credits rolled and I was just like, wait a minute, she's dead? <laughs> uh, that's... And, and of course the classics from before CGI existed. Oh, I yeah. mean, like, we just watched Enchanted with my son because he'd never seen it. Yeah. And like everything they reference is from the age before CGI, you know, Snow White, yep. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, yep. um, Robin Hood is another one that's, I mean, they, oh, they're yeah. very, very, they, they deserve to be iconic. It's not just because they're old, it's because they're great. Yes. Uh, and, and what about, I know you and I have talked about Atlantis and Treasure Planet, both of us like those as well. Yep. Yep. And like Aladdin, those are in the period where there's a little CGI element you know, there are right. like 3D action here and there, but it's still, for the most part, cell animation. Yeah, and 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 to me, that's what um, that that that's just the charm of them. I think. I mean, you're watching uh, Atlantis. Um, you know, again, we've talked about that, but that is just such um, a, a great adventure story. And again, you know, one of the things that Disney was always known for doing well is just pulling out great voice talent. So it was, it was just a total package, you know, it wasn't just, Oh, they were good in this area and in this area and this is new and flashy, but it's, they brought the whole thing together to make the total package appealing to everyone, the songs and the voice acting and the animation, it just all came together. And so when they started moving away from that, I I got used to it, but it still wasn't the same. So Getting back to that classic animation is is really uh, I'm excited about that. I feel like they really bailed though before CGI entered the. Picture. Oh yeah, I mean, or or after, depending on how you think of it, because like Aladdin and, and I remember sitting in in class watching uh, CNN Newsroom, yeah, you know, in, in ninth grade or whatever I was in when Lion King came out. Yep. And they were showing how that was computer animated, stampedes, right, and these yes. things, and how they used. Um, like a certain, like real rudimentary AI, yep. so that they didn't have to individually. Uh, so I mean, there's that, but but like Emperor's New Groove and Hercules and like that era where they just kind of bailed on making it feel like a giant Broadway production. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and instead they were like, "Look, it's cool, kids. It's isn't it like right. Zach Morris cool? No, no, that's not what. I'm, in fact, even Lion King. By the way, folks, this is two grown men talking about Disney <laughs> cartoons as musicals. Um, like, th- before that, the guy who did, uh, is it Alan Silvestri? I'm getting that way off. That's not who it is. That guy does, like, uh, scores for, for big movies. It, it's, it's whoever it was who did, like, Newsies also did Little Mermaid oh, and yeah, Aladdin yeah, 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 and maybe yeah. one other. Yeah. Um, and Beauty when and the they Beast, were like, well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I think I think that's about right because that's got the same kind of huge kind of um, stage musical feel. Yeah. And as soon as they were like, "Well, how about if uh, I don't know, we get some pop singers right. to do it?" You know, like Elton John. Like I hate that music. Yeah. I hated Hakuna Matata and the Circle of Life. I thought that was just garbage. Yeah. And and so I feel like that's when they kind of lost it. What I want to see, and granted, Lilo and Stitch, my favorite one, 
isn't a musical. Right. So, oh, yeah. This, you know, but what I'd like to see is as they go back for them to say, why don't we try like a full on return to like the, you know, like, um, Le paso, le paso. Right. Like the, the big, broad, yeah. crazy, like, you feel like when it's done, you should stand up and actually clap, even though you're in a movie theater. Right. I'd like to see them do that. Because, honestly, even though Frozen did feel like that, yeah. the, the fact that it felt like too real, yeah. it stole the charm from it. Yep. And, I, I don't know. I feel like you wouldn't have had a, a, a character like the the trolls that, that turn into rocks and roll around unless they were just trying to show off their CGI. Right. If they were, if they were going to animate it traditionally, they would have just come up with good characters and story elements and, and music. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see them. Yeah. Go back, go back to what they were doing in 1990. Yeah. Absolutely. Instead of, instead of, uh, maybe just change the animation style. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, I think that would be, um, I think that would be great to see some of those components come back. And I think, I think that that was some of the charm of some of those other movies that we talked about Mulan and, uh, you know, Tarzan Atlantis that really brought in those elements that they had lost at that point. And, and it brought it back to, bringing out the charm in those movies that you were like, Oh man, this is, this is what I remember. This is what I wanted to see. Um, so yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. I don't know why the little mermaid couldn't just write a note. (laughs) Just write a note. (laughs) Dear Eric, a, the only thing you know about me is that I'm hot. So we probably shouldn't get married. B, I can't speak, but in order to avoid my, what, her, her becoming like a shriveled, like, oh, plant creature? Was it, yeah. Just kiss me. Yeah. <laughs> also, how have you not kissed me yet? <laughs> Grow a pair. Signed Ariel. Boom. Done. Also, do you feel like the, her dad is just as awful and mean as the sea witch? Like he's, when he breaks all of her stuff. Oh, yeah. I want <laughs> totally bad things like to happen to that guy. <laughs> It's it's abuse, man. He's like smashing everything that she holds precious to her, and he's just like, and then he feels bad for a second. Right. And I'm like, I don't care that you feel bad. Choke on that. <laughs> Don't you go take a. That guy's like Andy Bernard, only like if he was given powers, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It's uh, funny. That's too do you, funny. Do you have any idea what the next thing they're thinking about doing is after. Frozen Two, which shouldn't happen because there's no there's need no need for it. for it. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, I I'm hoping that they. I mean, really, I feel like some of the best works that they've done have been, you know. Um, I mean, of course, you know, we say that, and then you know, Lilo and Stitch just constantly pops up because that's such a great. It's the exception original. that proves every rule. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you were going to say the best are fairy tales. Yeah. Well. They, not even that, but going back and looking at, I mean, looking at some of those older stories and those adventure stories, I mean, you know, Atlantis, you know, is, I mean, just a retelling of 20,000 leagues under the sea, sort of, you know? Um, and so to me, like going back to some of the classics and, and bringing some of those to life, I feel like if you get the right director in there, it'll, it'll go well. Now, of course, if you get the wrong director in there, it'll go horribly wrong. And like you said, it doesn't matter what, 
kind of animation they're using. Um, I think of, uh, did you ever see Brother Bear? No. Okay, don't. It's, it was, <laughs> it was the, it was the movie that basically caused me to stop watching Disney for an extreme period of time. And I would only go and see, uh, Pixar movies, uh, that came out because I felt like it was, it was just that terrible. And again, it was around that time that they were trying to do more with the CGI stuff. And I was just kind of looked at it. And I was like, ah, I'm done with this. It was, I, I felt like it was a stupid storyline or it could have been a good storyline, but they didn't do it well. They didn't do it justice. And so it just ended up being stupid and uh, not worth seeing. Um, and then, like you said, they brought back and did uh, Frozen. And I felt like that was a point where it's like, even though it's, you know, <laughs> CGI, it was a well done Disney movie. I thought it was a good return for them. That wasn't Pixar? I don't believe so. I can't keep him straight. I okay. think that was straight up Disney. I yeah, don't I think you're right. Yeah, that was Disney. Yeah. I, I really think there are a number of classic stories and, you know, uh, cultural. Like, I mean, Aladdin, that story's not exactly a fairy tale right. because it's not right. of German origin. But, like, that kind of really, really old. There's a few they haven't even. And, and if you're going to go up through Treasure Island. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like into the 19th century, good grief, what they could do something like, uh, Three Musketeers, yeah. which I think they did a crappy version with Mickey yes, Mouse or yes. something, but like, do a good, do a good one. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see yeah, something I could take my kid to and we could both enjoy it. Uh, and it would have very little 21st century woke, uh, like super sloppy preachiness yeah. to it, and it would just yeah. be if there was a moral, it would be timeless and universal. Yeah. And other than that, it's just a wild ride, and it's fun. Yeah. And you get done, and you, you're still smiling, and you sort of feel like because here's the thing: at the beginning of a Disney movie, they zoom you into the castle at the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. And yeah. if that movie doesn't sort of feel like visiting Disney World, they've lied yes. to you. Yeah, exactly. You should get done with it and sort of feel like, okay, we just watched the fireworks show. It's dark out. We're hopping on the tram and going back to the hotel. Yeah. And they've often delivered on that. It's it should be very it should be very apple pie, you know, wholesome. Yeah. Don't don't give me the and I feel like that's not going to happen. I feel like they've they've sold their soul to the the spirit of the day. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think part of what's going to be kind of telling with a lot of that too is what they end up doing with Frozen. There's been a lot of speculation um on that. And so I think that's going to be very telling. Um you know, we're getting into the second phase of the Avengers and there's a lot of speculation with what they're going to be doing with all of those characters as well. So you're right. It's, they're just kind of moving and trying to, you know, bring in all the pop culture stuff. Um, and, and not even some of the, the, the bad stuff, but just, they're trying to become trendy and, uh, it's just, it's kind of like, no, just go back to your roots because that's what people really want to see. Yeah, I agree. So, um, we now here's the segue that's going to test yeah. your your uh, acumen as a as a radio man. That's right. That's right. Um, 
And by radio, I mean two grown <laughs> cartoon guys talking into USB microphones. That's right. That's right. So, Zach, you know, it was interesting because at the beginning we talked about uh, funerals. And I asked you about, uh, you know, what you kind of do um, to, to, you know, bring yourself down from that. Um, and right before we went on, I just watched a video that we're going to be talking about. And the first words out of your mouth were, did you cry? Uh, no, I, I said you oh, didn't, you didn't cry didn't because cry. I was okay. on the phone with you while you watched oh, it. And I said, question. You didn't dude, cry. you didn't cry. Yeah. <laughs> and my answer was, no, I, I just, I, I don't. I don't cry. I think I can count literally on um, one hand the number of times that I've cried in my life. Um, oh, we're dealing with a tough guy here. N- not really. I just, uh, honestly, it really, di- it's really not um, because in some situations, I feel like it would be so much easier if I could cry. Um, because you know, when when people are uh, are hurting and they're in distress, if if I could just sit down and cry with them, I almost think that would be easier than watching them cry and nothing coming from me in that regard. Uh, right. Like what do you do with your hands? Yeah. Like what do you do with your hands? What do you, you know, what do you do? <laughs> like I'm here and I'm, you know, I, I want to be of, you know, comfort. And so it's just kind of like sit silently, but like, it, and it's not that I'm not hurting for these people. Uh, but I just, I, I don't, I mean, I can remember, I can remember, and this, this is going to make me sound horrible, but um, it was, it was a good two years um, after my father passed away that I cried. Uh, really? Yeah. 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 Um, was it like a really tense two years where you had like a ball of emotion <sighs> tightly like gripped in your gut the whole not, time? Not really. Because I mean like scientifically even – like there's so much evidence that the release, like even even when they look at like the tears of joy, tears just from wind blowing in your face, and then tears of sorrow, there's stress hormones that you're letting out of your face. Yeah, no, it it really it it really wasn't. I wasn't um, I wasn't tense. I think part of it was um, I think part of it was there was so much going on. Um, in those two years that I really wasn't fully processing it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because like I said, even, even now, and that's one of the times that I can count on my hands um, uh, when I've cried is I I can think very clearly um, there's been twice that I've cried um, thinking about my father and his death. And there's been a, couple of other times as well, uh, intense emotional moments, but I, you know, I'm sad. I'm grieved by those things. I'm willing to talk to people about those things, but, uh, there's just, there's no tears that go along with it. Um, now here's the thing, like the video you watched, the there i mean there's obviously some sad right. stuff in it but but what made me cry and what what i, I can i cannot cry when something yeah. is sad no problem if i couldn't i wouldn't be able to do what i do for right, a living right, right. yeah um, absolutely but if something is happy uh-huh. 
I'm I'm a disaster. I I will cry at you know you know you show me like a little video of like the the autistic kid who's starting school and he's he doesn't want to go in another kid puts his arm around him and walks him in i will sit there and just like i mean i'll pretend i'm not right. and i'll try and like yeah i'm not gonna openly right. sob but you know i'm gonna cry a little bit like, like that kind of thing and and this the video we're talking about of course is uh the sentencing for amber yep. geiger um who who killed someone saying in in his apartment and she says she thought it was her apartment. Yep. Um, and obviously she did everything wrong. Right. She should have waited for backup. She should have not shot that guy in his own right. apartment. Uh, she should, right. she should have done everything differently. Um, and it, I, I was thinking I would, in fact, even, even though I'm unconnected from it, disconnected completely in the back of my mind, I'm like this, I'm kind of happy that this person's going to have this rude awakening of, oh my gosh, there's real consequences for this horrible thing I did. Um, and then they show her yeah. brother, his, not his her brother, brother, I'm sorry, they show yeah. his brother, the, the victim's brother, not her brother. Uh, and he gets up on the stand. Everyone has seen this because everyone has yeah. shared it. Um, today, and usually when like everyone shares something, I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. Right. <laughs> I'm glad I watched yeah. this one. Uh, and, and he basically says, um, You've taken everything from us. You know that. I'm not going to talk about how I want you to rot or burn or die or anything. I don't want anything bad for you. I don't even want you to go to jail. My brother would have wanted good for you, and I do. What you need to do is give your life to Christ. God, if you, if you, I forgive you, and if you confess to, to God, he will yeah. forgive you. And then he asks the judge, can I go give her a hug? And the judge says yes, and he goes down and he like embraces her, and he like comforts her while she's crying. And it was the most beautiful, like, legitimately Jesus thing I've seen in years. Yeah. Yeah. And it ruined me, man. My secretary came and she's like, what, what's everything okay? And I was like, have you seen this video? Um, it was so, so powerful. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, because of just, I don't know, I, I wonder what what the advantage is, why we even cry when we're happy. I mean, you right. don't, but like, why people do. <laughs> why normal people, people do. People who are in touch with their feelings. <laughs> Like, I, I, are we, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get the connection, but there's something just like, and I'm sure that the, like three times you cried, you, you, you knew this, that like there is, you feel better afterwards. See, like you, and it, that's the thing is that I necessarily didn't like, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't this like, you know, because people always talk about this catharsis when they cry and like, it really, it wasn't cathartic for me. Like, it's not like I got done with that and I was like, oh man, I feel so much better after that. It's like, eh, I like, I kind of still feel the same. It was just, there were, there were tears involved. That is so strange. Yeah. I guess if that was the case, if, if it doesn't help, why do it anyway? So right, yeah. <laughs> like when I have wept from sadness, um, I always feel like the sadness has kind of been lifted. Like, I don't know, there's something about it that, that you like, and, and, and being a believer right. kind of in that, giving it to God, like letting it out of myself and, and casting my cares upon him. And you can, you feel lighter. And then there's a, a almost analogous feeling when something is just beautiful and, and, and it's a, the crying is, is not, I mean, in this case, it wasn't a happy thing, certainly, but it was right. a beautiful thing. And, and, and it's almost, it, it is tears of joy that this guy didn't give in to the darkness. Yeah. Like I know I would have. And he used something that was meant for evil, or at least, uh, could have certainly been used by the evil one 
and used it for good. He, he preached the gospel in open court and no one could really stop him because victims have a right to make right. a statement. And it was on CNN and ABC and everywhere. And to me, that just, I mean, it just it really, really affected me. And I think there might even be a danger in this of I will kind of watch enough touching, beautiful stories. And there are videos of these yeah. everywhere of people doing really kind things and reaching out in really kind and unexpected ways and, and forgiving and, and helping. And you almost feel like after you watch a few of those and you feel it better and you feel good and maybe a, a tear rolls yeah. down your cheek, like you did something. Yeah. Because it's so, so emotional. But you didn't right. do anything. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you you heard about and watched someone else right. do something. Uh, but but yeah, it was a it was obviously so even though you didn't cry, uh what was your your yeah. impression of it? You heard about it all day. I hadn't and, seen and it. Yeah. Seen no, it. I mean it was it was this beautiful touching moment of of the Christian life, you know, and this is man, this is how Christ frees us to respond to people in the midst of horrible situations. One of the thing that I, things that I love too about what what he said in particular, uh, the victim's brother, was, you know, I, I'm not going to uh, forgive you on behalf of my family. I'm not saying these things on behalf of my family. I'm saying these things on my behalf. Um, and, and I thought that was so... Um, so poignant too, because, you know, so many times when you see some of these things, it's like on behalf of me and my family, you know, it's like, no, 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 I'm not speaking for them. I don't know where they are. I don't know what's going, this is on behalf of me. Um, and I, and I thought that made it even more impactful and even more powerful as well. Um, that this person is speaking from the heart and you're right. It's this beautiful touching moment where we truly see the grace of God coming in and working uh, in such a way that just it, it absolutely it blows our mind, regardless of whether it brings us to tears or or what. It just it blows our mind that this is what the grace of God does in people's lives. Um, and there's no you know there's no getting getting around getting around that aspect of it, regardless of the of the physical reaction to it. So what you're saying is you're not a robot, <laughs> and you do have feelings. Yes, last last I checked, you're that's a right. real boy. <laughs> I put my emotion chip in this morning. So, <laughs> but the thing about that video is that what shames me, um, and in a good way. In fact, uh, I have a, a bonus app I'm going to toss out in a couple of days. A sermon I did on on shame and how God uses it often mm -hmm. for good things. Um, was just that. I mean, I. I love the notion of I, I love revenge yeah. stories, right? Not not right, not real right. life revenge stories so much. Although sometimes, you know, when when the little guy gets back at the corporation or the powerful person, when I hear about that, it really happened. It, it scratches an itch for me. I love that notion of like this cold justice type stuff. Uh, even in a little bit of the kind of the stuff I've written, there there's some of those right. those themes, you know. And I I really I, I think that's the flesh, you know. That's that that really wants. The eye for the eye situation, um, and and the guy who's missing the eye takes the right. eye from the other one, uh, and it's to see someone in a situation where if anyone is ever allowed to yeah. to want that, saying, "Oh no, I don't want that," I don't. I, that would be the worst way to honor my brother, to honor yeah. my savior. I want the opposite. I want yeah. good for you. 
That that shamed yeah. me, man. I saw yeah. Patricia Heaton, um, who's a yeah. uh, actress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody loves Raymond and everything. Uh, had posted that saying, "I thought I was a Christian, and yeah. then I watched this." <laughs> Uh, and I was like, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like, yeah. um, and there's, there's been many stories like this. I have a, a bunch of old, uh, VHS tapes that I still watch. We still have a, a VCR hooked up. Um, and, uh, they're, they're miracles. Uh, there was like an eight part tape and one of them was just this woman. Uh, the, the, the miracle was the coincidence in here somewhere. I don't remember what it was, but a guy had murdered yeah. her son, went to prison. She started visiting him in prison. And when he got out, he moved into her home and lived in the her son's old room. And, but she had led him to Christ, and he had repented, and, and she forgave him, and she loved him, and she helped him get a job, and he became her son. And that, I mean, is there any yeah. better picture yeah. of the lack of cold, hard justice that, that God's yeah. grace has worked yeah. out in us? You know that that we we killed right. his, his son, he rose again. But at the same time, we should have uh, all things being equal been right. put to death for it. But instead, his death counts for us, and we become his sons and daughters, and and are welcomed yeah. into his house. Yeah. If I'm not leaning in that way more and more, something's not right in my right. sanctification. Yeah. Well, and I think that's again that's. The beautiful thing of when you see things like that, because you think about you think about the ones that are are, and there are plenty of those out there too, where you know it's like I hope you rot, I hope you die, and you know the the consumed with the rage and the bitterness, and and you empathize with that. You you don't you know oh, yeah yeah no judgment at all you know but but at the end of the day, you also know that because because that's how I know that's how. Um, I can react a lot of times and I know that I'm tearing myself up with bitterness and rage over that. Like to me, there might be some catharsis that comes from that, but the overwhelming sense of like just tense hatred just physically has, I I get more of a physical um, reaction from, you know, the spite and hatred uh, that I feel toward people than, you know, like the, the tearing up emotion, like those things really gnaw at me. And so seeing someone come out and, and I just, to me, seeing that allow, again, it's just, it's the freedom of Christ. It's the freedom to come out and say, I don't have to hold this against you because ultimately I know my standing before a righteous, just God and and as much as you know we didn't deserve this you know Christ didn't deserve what happened to him and so you know that i mean just again kudos to that guy to be being able to and and the spirit working in him and through him being able to do that and uh allowing that freedom to occur in him um because there there are times that i watch that and again it's not it's not judgment but i do feel sorry that they're not able to to be at that place because you can see that there is no, there is no peace, you know? Right. Well, it's yeah. like any sin, right? I mean, I, I always liken it to when I was a kid, I'd get crazy chapped lips in the winter. It's just Michigan yeah. winters of the wind blowing and I would be outside for hours and hours and hours at a time. And I get these chapped lips and my dad would yell at yeah. me like, don't lick your lips. 
And I'd be like, right. no, it feels good. He'd be like, yeah, but just for a second. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. And, and sin is just like that. It feels good yep. for a second. You know, whether, whatever it is, whether it's, it's rage or hate or bitterness or coveting yeah. or lust or whatever, uh, it feels good for a second. And then it, it gets worse and then it feels good for a second. And, 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 and there's right. diminishing returns on how good that, and, and anytime, um, I mean, there's still people I have to forgive for things years ago. Not that I haven't. It's just right. that I have to oh, forgive yeah. them again. Uh, stuff yeah. comes up and you, and you start to like, you, 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 you love to taste it. You kind of, you, right. you chew on it. You, you, you right. run it over in your mind. And ultimately, sin doesn't gratify. It only, it offers yeah. false promises. It gives you a little rush. It's like when you're hungry and right. you eat a Snickers bar and that, that commercial is a straight lie. You're like, you're, or worse, like when I'm at camp, the, the Christian camp yep. I go to every summer, once a week, they make these cinnamon rolls and everyone gets all excited because they taste good. And I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> Because you eat just those empty carbs and and, yep. and sugar, and you are starving for lunch at like nine yeah. ten in the morning, it doesn't satisfy you. And and I think that guy's he's lived enough life, and he's full enough of the spirit yeah. to know that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, people are going to oh, come yeah. to faith from that. That's, uh, that's far more powerful than. Even, you know, the greatest preacher, you know, oh, yeah. John Piper or Louis Plow or someone getting up and giving an impassioned. Right. That's great. But the preaching of the word wrapped up in the evidence of yes. the changed heart and the freedom that we have in yeah. Christ. Well, it wow. really, it brings, it brings what Christ prays in the book of John to life. You know, I, I pray that, you know, take them from the world, you know, uh, because we, we are meant to be in the world. We're meant to experience everything that life has to offer both the good and the bad but we're meant to filter all of those things through the spirit through the lens of christ so that way people will see what we have and and wonder okay what is it that allows this person to forgive so uh so freely not to hold on to those things you know, and, and that's, that's really what our, our faith is about. You know, I mean, I, I constantly, um, I'm sitting in my office, uh, right here recording this and I'm thinking about when I have parents come in and I'm talking with them and our, our school, it's a Christian school, but we, we have an open enrollment. So you don't have to be a believer to attend. And yes. And I have parents constantly coming in. Uh, who will ask me the question when something bad happens, uh, I thought this, or they'll make the statement, I thought this was a Christian school. And and I have to look at them and say, it, it is. And so what that means is that if I've done something to offend you, give me the chance to apologize. Give me the chance to ask for forgiveness. Because when you do something to offend me, I, I want the chance to be able to offer forgiveness for that. Um, realizing that, you know, we're not, we're not perfect. Um, I wish that every time situations came my way, I could respond in that godly manner. But, you know, sometimes it's days, weeks, months, sometimes it's years later where Christ, you know, comes through and kicks me upside the head. And it's like, oh, shoot, I've been doing this. I've been holding on to this. Um, you know, it, it just recently um, was thinking about uh, David and, uh, you know, the prophet Nathan coming in and, you know, telling him this story and it's like, you're the man, you're the one, 
you know, and David coming to repentance after he had been hit upside the head with his own sin and what he had done. Um, and, and that's where people see the change, the, the love that we have for them, the, the love that we have for one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples, by the love you have for one another. Um, and so that just that speaks such volumes, particularly in a world that, uh, as much as they love, uh, as much as the world loves to preach, tolerant is very intolerant. Um, and that just that speaks volumes to people. Yeah, you know, I, I was uh, reading the the voice translation, and Nathan says, "David, you are the man." And David just says, "Thanks." <laughs> Look, what, that's what I did with that that's beautiful right. long thing you just said, the, the theologically <laughs> robust statement you just made. I made a dad joke, and I had been obviously I'd been waiting for like twelve seconds to make it, which means I had twelve seconds to rethink that decision, and I didn't. <laughs> Plunged ahead, and let me tell you something: much like sin, it wasn't satisfying. I'm kidding. I have no regrets. It was great. Oh man. oh, man. Have you seen anything in your life, like in your in your mm. kind of orbit, somebody, I mean, obviously this is as right. extreme as it gets, but something right. real big that was forgiven, something probably that was done publicly, so it was forgiven publicly, otherwise you wouldn't know about it, um, and, and it had a, a real powerful ripple effect, impact on, I, on I a lot of people? I have not personally come into into contact with something of, of a greater magnitude like that. Um, it's been, or even maybe someone a lesser, like, I, I mean, somebody who could have gotten someone fired or, or something, yeah. you know, that, but, but the grace of, of God that's been shown them, you know, caused them not to start choking yeah. their fellow servants. Uh, so when I, at a previous school that I taught at, um, we had a, uh, parent who would, uh, come in and uh, was not a believer, um, and his uh, his son and another son were uh, fighting, uh, constantly getting into it, uh, sometimes fistfights too. Uh, and the father came in and would come in more more and more regularly, and the the pastor uh, made a decision. Uh, the pastor that was over the church and school made a decision not to uh, expel or suspend the children. Said, I want you and your parents to come in. I want us to be able to talk about this. Um, and so had the boys and the, the two dads in there, and they were talking. Um, some of this stuff was racially charged, too, um, what, what was going on. And had an opportunity to sit down with both of them and, and had this uh, – extensively long, uh, conversation. It was, it was a four or five hour conversation with the family. Um, and one of the fathers, uh, ended up just breaking down and, and, and receiving Christ as a result of, um, working through this circumstance and this situation. Um, where I think if in this case, if the pastor had, you know, just kind of suspended them and was like, you know, we're not putting up with it, but, but said, we need to deal with this. I don't think suspension's the answer in this case. We need to work through this. Um, one of the one of the dads ended up coming to Christ as a result of that. Um, 
So seeing that happen in, in that capacity, uh, you know, God working through that situation uh, to that extent, um, I've seen that before. But, um, yeah, nothing like, I mean, like this, like you said, this is just so powerful and impacting. Um, so what about you? You know, well, when you say, um, racially charged, it also reminds me of one other aspect and I, I don't have great story. I mean, I, part of that is I'm thankful that I haven't been around, you know, that, that level of, uh, yeah. offense of one person to the other that, I mean, super close to it. Obviously we see right. it happening on the news all the time and things. And probably if my eyes were open, I'd, I'd notice more of it. But, um, when you talk about it being racially charged, uh, this whole thing also, I, I, you know, when I say people are going to come to faith, obviously this is not going to be accepted oh, yeah. by everyone. And, and, and it's going to be seen. I mean, the gospel is right. foolishness to the world. And this is going to look ridiculous to some people and weak instead of the strongest thing this person yes. could have possibly done. You know, there's more strength in, in what he did than, than any kind of reading the riot act or yeah. rage or anything. Um, but, uh, I, I happened to see a tweet, Ernest Owens, who's a, a uh, let's see, 14,000 followers, journalist, CEO of a media company says, uh, white supremacy is so ingrained in our DNA that it has us hugging the very people we've murdered. I'm sorry. It has us hugging the very people who've murdered our family members as a way to publicly display, display respectability and grace that still won't save us. Amber Geiger murdered an innocent man. She doesn't deserve my sympathy. Um, and right. again, I get that. But the fact that he wouldn't you know, say, right. I wouldn't have hugged her. She doesn't deserve my sympathy, but I'll let him right. make the decision. No, he essentially says, you're wrong. It's, yeah. This is foolishness to me. And it's going to be foolishness. And it's going to even look like right. injustice sometimes. Right. Um, and here's the right. thing. It better go both ways. Uh, racially, you know, we, the, the idea that uh, this guy was just doing something uh, personal where he had to overcome his own internal desire yeah. for revenge uh, that, that's off base because he also had to overcome a cultural and societal thing that says you throw the oppressor under the bus and who who more who better kind of reflects the notion of sort of Rome in that oppressor role to uh, a I, I guess I don't know what, where they were uh, financially, I, I think actually they were, I mean, obviously right. they lived in the same apartment building. So sure. this isn't like a poor black man, but we're talking about yeah. a cop yeah. in uniform, but off duty and wrapped up in her own life and the yeah. affair that she's having and kind of so wrapped up in her own stuff. She doesn't notice a big red, uh, you know, welcome mat and a bunch of things that yeah. should have tipped her off. Um, yeah. And she just barges right in to his sanctuary and, and, kills him in the wake of white cops killing yeah. so many black people. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, this guy's going to have to deal with blowback where people are going to call him names. Uh, people who you'd expect would be on his side because right. he's down. Don't kick him while he's down. Uh, there's a cost to all this. There's there's no right. good deed goes unpunished. And if your good deed is is uh, in obedience to Christ. Right. God right. help. You. Well, and what's interesting too is um, people who are making these comments and commentary against this act um, who really, uh, you know, have, have 
you know, no, no stake in it. I mean, you know, this is, this is a personal decision that this person has made and you're going out and instead of, you know, but, but it's like you said, this is the foolishness. This is foolishness to the world, you know? Um, and, and we saw, you know, we see Christ on the cross, right? Forgive them for they know not what they do. And what does the crowd keep doing? Mocking him, beating him, you know? And so this is, um, this is what the believers are called to, um, is that you're going to, you know, in, in preaching, you know, in preaching God's wisdom, we're going to be called out. We're going to be persecuted for it. So. so. And God uses the shameful things of the world to, to shame the wise. I'm sorry. God uses the foolish things of yeah. the world to shame the wise. Yep. Yeah. So. This was a, this was a good topic. This was a, this was a good, good idea, Zach. Yeah, yeah. What, what, <laughs> I, good job uh, stitching it all together since we're patting each other on the back. Good segue work. It's almost like we know what we're doing. <laughs> oh man. Well, I've got to. Uh, I've got to head off. I've got to prep for a uh, meeting tonight, so I'm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, sign us off, Zach. Any last comments though before we uh, we head off here? No, uh, I, I just. To have a, is, this a new, <laughs> is this a new segment where you're, you want me to do like the Dr. Phil closing thought? <laughs> Folks, if I've learned one thing in this crazy thing we call life. Uh, uh, and, and, and in doing so, it has to like sum up both like the lesson that we learned from this very weighty thing and like right. some Disney reference. <laughs> Everyone pretend I did that. So we can't say Akuna Matata? So we can't say <laughs> Nathan, do you have something you want to say? It should just be a few Zach, words. We just rocked the Casbah. These go to 11.